Welcome, everyone. You're listening to the Imperfect Podcast. I'm Kathy. And I'm Kennedy. Join us on this week's episode as we discuss intriguing topics and people of interest that will inspire us to explore all of the unique pieces of ourselves. We are all imperfectly perfect. We're We're glad glad you're here. here. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Imperfect Podcast, Valentine's Day. Some love it and look forward to it, and some hate it and avoid anything to do with it. And no matter what side of the fence you are on, newsflash, it happens every year. And uh, since it's on the calendar for this coming week, we thought we would dedicate today's show to the history and different global traditions surrounding this annual celebration. So we found our sources today from multiple different places, including National Geographic, Country Living, uh, The Pioneer Woman, The New York Times, Wikipedia, and Dame Coco, I guess is how it's pronounced, maybe. Anyway, uh, quite a few sources today. (laughs) So in speaking of Valentine's Day, you know, before the Christmas season is even over, it seems that boxes of candies and teddy bears and cards of all, you know, different phrases and sayings, some rhyme, some don't, they all show up on the shelves, you know, pink and red everything. And it can have the potential to make one a loved, crazed lunatic. Yeah. But for as commercial as Valentine's Day has become, it's historically, um, it has its roots in ancient Rome and Victorian England, and it's not as rosy as you might want to believe or would assume. Valentine's was not always a love holiday, the same one that we think of today. Um, It's not the love story that you might expect. Yeah, and so historians can't quite even pinpoint the exact origin of the holiday, which is interesting, but they can trace how Valentine's Day traditions have evolved over time. So Valentine's may, in fact, stem from a pre-Christian time and the ancient pagan festival of, I don't know how it's pronounced, Lupercalia. Sure. Yeah, it's I'd never heard of it. Lupercalia. Yeah. So the Lupercalia, if we're even saying it right, <laughs> uh, festival was celebrated in mid February and involved feasting and pairing off with partners, sacrifices, and a strange fertility practice that involved priests slapping women with strips of goat hide dipped in blood. I don't know what we're trying to accomplish here, but uh, yeah, that's interesting. Um, that's not the Valentine's Day that uh, I Happy celebrate. Happy Valentine's Day. A rose will suffice. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, and so the available women also placed strips of paper with their names to into a giant urn as a type of lottery for eligible bachelors with the name they chose becoming their partner for that said year. And many of those matches actually would later marry on uh, in the same celebration in the following year. Right. Which that's so strange because like, I don't know, match made in heaven or I don't know how that works out so easily, but. uh, But you can kind of see where like, you know, the obsession to get married on Valentine's Day may have begun, right? Perhaps. Yeah. The day of love. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. At the end of the fifth century, the Pope declared the holiday unchristian and replaced it with St. Valentine's Day instead. Yeah, and according to history.com, the Catholic Church has records of at least three different martyrs named Valentine or Valentinus. Uh, so the identity of St. Valentine is somewhat unknown, but there are a few theories. So there was a priest named Valentine who was executed in the third century for breaking Roman law and marrying soldiers. Uh, an imprisoned priest who supposedly sent a letter to a woman visitor he had fallen in love with and signed it from your Valentine. And the last one is another Valentine supposedly helped Christians escape from prison and was also martyred for it. And as we've heard, Valentine's Day didn't start out to be a romantic celebration until um, things started to turn a little bit. And an English poet of the 14th century, Geoffrey Chaucer, wrote a poem called Parliament de Fouy. What? Parliament of Fools or something? Yeah, but in French, I I was looking for the French. I don't know. (laughs) Parliament de Fouls? I don't know. Okay, so (laughs) there you go. Depending on what fools he's referring to, uh, anyway. Right, so anyway, yeah, the the poem that he wrote was about birds choosing their mates on St. Valentine's Day. So again, we see another little insertion of excuse me little insertion of you know how the progression might have become more of a love holiday than those weird sicko things that they were doing before yeah poem's nice yeah the oldest known valentine that still exists today was a poem written in 1415 by Charles, Duke of Orleans, to his wife while he was imprisoned in the Tower of London following his capture at the Battle of Agincourt. And it can uh, still be viewed today in the British Library in London. And both Kennedy and I have been to the Tower of London. Is that correct, Kennedy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought you had gone as well. Yeah. But it would have been kind of neat to know about this. Uh, you know, on the front end, so you could kind of look for it. Very like, first Valentine, yeah. yeah. Cool, a tower. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'd know the Eiffel Tower was very underwhelming for me, but <laughs> yeah. different tower, still yes. underwhelming. <laughs> yes, but I'm saying like it's funny how you put these things in your head, and it's like, okay, cool. So where's the bus? Yeah, <laughs> I can. Well, I had the same thing with uh, Stonehenge. It was cool to see, but it was not quite as big as I imagined in my head and also the Las Vegas sign Mm. that was like I was imagining this you know huge thing that you see in pictures sign yeah really it was like you said you could like pick it up and take it home was kind of like what you were describing like it was probably I'm gonna guess five by ten maybe that's a rough guesstimate but I was like what is where's the real one right <laughs> no it? that must be the dummy one where is the yeah. yeah um anyway back to our topic um lastly Shakespeare further popularized the holiday in the 15th century and the day of love continued to gain increasing acceptance right up until present day traditions so 
Exchanging handmade cards is thought to have begun sometime in the early 1700s, but um, a woman named Esther A. Howland really changed the game in 1840 when she began selling the first mass-produced cards in the country, and she began known she became known as the mother of the Valentine. Uh, which is cool. And she created elaborate pieces of art that had real lace, ribbons, and colorful pictures known as scrap. I don't know why they would have called it that. Maybe it was just scrap paper and she made it into something pretty. I don't know where that comes from. Beginnings of scrapbooking. I don't know. <laughs> uh, also a good point could be the case. Yeah. So by the mid 18th century, it was commonplace for friends and lovers to exchange small tokens and notes on Valentine's Day. Uh, exchanging cards between lovers, family members, and friends didn't really become widely popular until the 18th century. And in 1913, Hallmark Cards of Kansas City, Missouri began mass producing Valentine's Day cards. And I found that interesting that it was Hallmark because when you think of cards, what do you think of? It's Hallmark and the yeah. fact that they were, I don't know, the first company, I guess you could say, to make Valentine's is kind of neat. There's um, probably a movie for that, right? <laughs> oh, probably. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, that's a whole side note. My brain's just going now. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, according to the Greeting Card Association, we send an estimated 145 million Valentine's Day cards each year, not counting the ones kids, kids pass out in their classrooms, like, you know, the little ones that fold in half. And women purchase approximately 85% of all Valentines. And I... <laughs> Surprise, I'm surprised. Not surprised. Yes, because <laughs> in my head, I'm like, no, it's got to be men because they do this panic of what do I buy her? Card, flowers at the cash, at the chocolate, cards, flower, chocolate. Like that's what my brain went to. But all at the same time, when it comes to last minute gifts and things like that, who tends to be the one that goes to pick up the stuff for said it's the women. Sorry. <laughs> so a surprise, not surprised. I don't know yeah it's yeah it, it does make sense but I'm thinking what are women buying the cards for like are they buying them for themselves or I question that too maybe they're buying their own cards so that they don't feel anyway we'll leave that up for uh your own interpretation but I was surprised that it was 85 percent right so Valentine's Day or some similar concept is celebrated in many countries at varying times of year and with varying traditions. For example, in Japan, not only is it customary for women to give chocolates to men on Valentine's Day, but there are different types of chocolate gifts given. It depends on the relationship the giver has with the receiver. So there's giri choco, which is like an obligatory gift, like kind of an expected one. Uh, there's Tomo Choco, which uh, is given to other females by the, the girl and um, also given to friends, bosses, family and work colleagues, uh, people that they don't necessarily have any romantic feelings attached to. But then there's something called Honame Choco, which are usually handmade and given in the spirit of romance. And then, I'm not done. 
Oh, no, I was just going to make a comment, but you continue. Shortly after Valentine's Day, there's another celebration where the men respond to the girls that have given them the homo choco, and uh, the men respond with gifts for the ladies who gave those Valentine's chocolates to them. I was just going to say with the onme choco, it kind of sounds like honey choco. I don't know. We're going to have some fun. Uh, I don't know if you read over these show notes. Oh, I did. I did. Yeah, so we're going to we have go. some fun with the pronunciations. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that. Yeah. So further to that in Korea, things run much the same as Japan. So women are doing the gifting and then there's what's called the white day where men reciprocate. But there is also a further celebration, uh, which is done by the singles and that's called black day. So black day is a gathering where people who did not receive gifts on Valentine's day or white day, eat a noodle dish with black sauce called Jajang Myun and vent about their love problems and hopes of finding a partner to celebrate another Valentine's Day like celebration, which is called Papero Day. And Papero Day is celebrated on November 11th. So that would be what our known Remembrance Day is here in Canada and is highly commercialized and involves people giving and getting Papero chocolate dipped cookie sticks to show affection. Party, That's party, complicated. Canadians <laughs> like all they do is give gifts and eat and have celebrations. I was just gonna say something nasty that like holy geez, that's complicated, can barely keep it straight. And meanwhile, you've got uh North American men that can't even keep one day straight. But what who said that? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> so, <laughs> if uh those two weren't enough for you, then China actually celebrates six festivals of love annually so you got the valentine's day on february 14th the lantern festival on the 15th day of the lunar calendar white day on march 14th 520 pronounced oh this should be fun we were doing <laughs> on may 20th. Oh. <laughs> the double seventh Chi Z festival on the seventh day of the seventh month of the lunar calendar. And then uh, for the sixth festival of love, we have Singles Day on the 11th of November. So some similarities there with the Korean calendar. Absolutely. And the Lantern Festival and the Chi Z festivals have deep historical and cultural ties. Uh, so the 520 and singles day are days more commercialized to make money. And we should note that there are some somewhat inappropriate gifts for these love celebrations, which would be both umbrellas and shoes as they symbolize breaking up instead of love. <laughs> Strange. <laughs> right. Thought you knew. Yeah. Right. So next we have Denmark. And in Denmark, Valentine's Day is called Valenstag. That was better than I would have done. Instead of red roses, they give white flowers called snowdrops to their love, accompanied by a joke letter referred to as a gakibrav. Um, yeah, they give those flowers and the joke letters uh, to their love prospects and their friends. I love that. Uh, and then we have Italy. 
And although we already talked about their unique histories surrounding Valentine's Day, their present day celebrations are typically held on February 15th and are a little more like what we are used to hearing in present day with the hearts, the chocolate, the wine, the roses, the whatever. And many people follow parts of the old traditions by continuing to wed on this day. Right. Well, so for them, it's the 15th and us, it's the 14th. But yeah. Right. And I think it probably follows that that old tradition that was a little bit weird way back whenever. Right. Uh, in Poland, Valentine's Day is known as, why do I get all the big words? Valentikini. <laughs> and first became popular in the 1990s. So that's fairly recent. Uh, instead of exchanging tangible gifts, there's an emphasis on providing bonding on an emotionally memorable experience. And that's kind I love, of Yeah, I love that one too. Poland and Denmark. I'm all about those ones. Those ones are cool. Right. All right. So I get one. In Finland, they celebrate. <laughs> you should see the word. It's letters we don't even. Have. And it's not even comical. It's comical that we have no sweet clue. Yeah. Uh, it starts with a Y and it ends with Pava. We'll do that. Uh, and they call it Friends Day. So that's a lot easier to say. <laughs> Where this day is not just reserved for romance, but celebrates all important relationships. So another cool one. It's nice that they just do an all-encompassing Friends Day. A lot less pressure to be in love or find a love. Right. So in Sweden, Valentine's Day is known as Alla Hartenstag or All Hearts Day. There that was good. Thanks. I was in Finland. Were you preparing? Were you not even registering what I said about Finland? <laughs> well, I, I was there this summer, so I didn't have <laughs> any lessons. So right. yeah. uh, there are a lot of festivals and celebrations featuring pastries, cakes, and a popular chocolate coconut cake called Karlskamum. Mm -hmm. aka love treats uh, and that is cut into hearts for the occasion of this day filled with love i don't know if they always cut it into hearts or just on valentine's day but it was a little unclear huh. uh in wales they celebrate saint dwinwin on the 25th of january so totally off from february uh there they have a tradition that includes giving love spoons that have yes i said spoons <laughs> that have like intricate <laughs> maybe i don't know that have intricate designs and specific meanings to those they care about i don't know where the spoons came in but yeah they know. were carved by let me see i did read that i think sailors originally started that <laughs> tradition and you know i don't know here's a piece of wood let's carve something for that cute chick so I didn't know what kind of spoons I wasn't picturing like carved, but I was just going to say uh, my auntie Jean would like that day gets a spoon. She loves the, what do you call them? The, they're not pickle spoons, but the decorative spoons that are just displayed. Yeah, really. <laughs> just decoration. Uh, Brazil celebrates a carnival in the early part of the year. So their version of Valentine's Dia Dos Nama, wait a minute, Namorados, Dia dos Nomorados is celebrated on June 12th 
and during celebrations, there are parades and other festivals where single women perform popular rituals called simpatias to find a good partner. Interested men traditionally exchange a ceremonial pot of basil <laughs> that also contains a concealed love letter. So traditions, what can I say? Making. <laughs> right. I've actually heard of this one with Brazil. And even as you were trying to pronounce it, I was like, there is a certain way to pronounce it because I have heard of it, but it's not coming to me. Um, in the Philippines, collective and mass weddings, which are sponsored by the government, charitable groups or individuals see multiple couples married at the same time on February 14th. Yeah. In Ghana, where they produce 20% uh, of the world's cocoa supply, they celebrate the National Chocolate Day on Valentine's Day to boost tourism and the local chocolate consumption in their country. Smart business move right there, yeah. Uh, in Germany, pig-themed gifts pig. are a thing. Yeah, pig. Uh, like chocolate and greeting cards, uh, they are often exchanged as a sign of good fortune, along with other popular gifts, including the marzipan pig, and a big heart-shaped gingerbread cookie called Lebkuchen. Do it, Lebkuchenherzen. Lebkuchenherzen. Okay, yeah. I love you so much. Here's your marzipan pig. <laughs> Thank you so much. Right, and we're not trying to make fun. It's just no, in it... our culture and our traditions, like it's so left field, right? And but they must look at us and go, "Why do you?" buy crappy cheap chocolate and throw it at each other and like, you right. know yeah. why is there no amore with your you know yeah yeah so in spain valentine's day was originally introduced to boost sales and is known as el dia de san valentin despite being convinced that the celebration primarily serves as can consumerism the spanish are among the most generous spenders on valentine's day gifts so they spend more than i guess the other people that they surveyed hmm. in aragon is that how it's pronounced i'm not familiar with that area okay but, in aragon and catalonia which those are, both... are like they're kind of Oh, it says Spain, auto right? autonomous communities of Spain. Right. Yeah. yeah. And they celebrate Dia del Amor y la Amistad or Day of Love and Friendship on April 23rd when the men give red roses and women gift books. Also love that. So the women get to look at a rose and the guy gets to read is the deal? I guess so. <laughs> In other countries of Latin America, Dia del Amor y la Amistad is celebrated on different days and includes exchanging anonymous gifts for two weeks without being discovered in a tradition called Amigo Secreto, I guess. I and uh, when I was reading about this, it's the tricks and the uh, schemes that they pull off to not get caught you know gifting it's sort of like our secret, secret admirer but it's like two weeks long and yeah i some of the some of the ways that they do it are pretty uh pretty tricky because they don't want to be found out it's kind of like a game but it's kind of cool to receive it would be to receive multiple gifts throughout 
the time of two weeks and trying to figure out who it is, but to know that somebody secretly admires you basically, right? Yeah. So where do we see similarities? Like the chocolate seems to be right across the board. Yeah, even in pig form, apparently. Like that's the marzipan pig. Yeah. Oh, well, no, they said that there's also they do greeting cards and uh, chocolate in pig theme. So, yeah. So if I think back to all of my Valentine's days, uh, <laughs> the thing that I think the most of, besides the obvious consumerism you know when you walk in the department store and you're just like overtaken by this pink and red everything would be when I was in elementary school now I don't know if you were you guys were allowed to exchange valentines I think you were yes yes but I know but everything's weird now like you can't dress up in a costume and you know all those things that I grew up with aren't necessarily uh things that are followed now in the school system but that was one of our favorite th- or one of my favorite things, um, especially when I think about Valentine's Day is making the little, you know, post office box, like either a Kleenex box or, yep. or you made a full some sort of a folder that ha- hung off the front of your desk and, yeah. you know, your name on it and decorated it all. I remember that too. And for me, it was the. For me, it was the foldable Valentines uh, that were fun. And I remember sitting down like the night before or whatever, uh, before the Valentine's Day party and specifically like you were helping me write them or whatever. And some of them, you know, you can imagine the kids set where it's, you know, you're right rad. And then it's got like some funny picture. And then there's other ones where it's like, you're super cute. So like, in kid form there were some that were more like hey I think you're cute than other ones and I remember specifically being paranoid about not giving so-and-so a certain one because I didn't want them to think that I thought they were cute or maybe I can send this one to this person it wouldn't be enough of a hint but it wouldn't be too aggressive and meanwhile I'm in grade five and like you get like 25 of them because your group or a class of 25 and did these people even look at them and go Oh yeah, Kennedy, she's got a crush on me, obviously, from this whatever puppy dog Valentine with, you know, some winky face. <laughs> I can you know remember, what I mean? Yeah, I can remember you and your sister both um being really I'd be like helping you, okay, we're going down the list. Now you need one for Brad. Hmm. Uh how about this one? No, I can't give it no, like <laughs> I was like supposed to know the secret code or something, but yeah, it uh, <laughs> it's a lot of good memories. And for me, a lot of times, like, of course, the Valentines were a lot more different looking than they are now. And quite frequently, when I was growing up, your parents would just maybe pick up a large, it was a quite a large book, and they came in the in the pages with the preparations and you'd punch them out. Mm you guys they all kind of came in a box and there was a special bigger one for the teacher Mm, I don't remember that specifically so now there's like stickers that come with them that you can put on or a I don't know an eraser or suckers or oh okay maybe yeah that makes a bit more sense to me um but overall regardless of the similarities or not it kind of seems like there's this cultural undertone of or like overtone of that valentine's day only applies if you have a sweetie 
but it doesn't have to be that way. And even in other areas of the world, it's obvious that I love like the friends day. Like that's mm-hmm. cool. Like we don't have a day like that here in Canada. Like what gives? <laughs> I've actually this year had um, conversations with more than a couple people that just they're like, oh, Valentine's Day is coming. And I just hate it because, and I'm like, oh, why? Like it's to me, like, you know, at this age, it's like, yeah, whatever. Like it's another day. Maybe we'll yeah. go to supper or maybe, you know, you get a card or some, some flowers, something like that, but it's really not a huge deal. But these people that I've spoken with, there were at least three and possibly more um, were pretty upset or feeling left out because they weren't with a partner at that time and like it was stressful for them they're just it's overwhelming even to try to think of things or to think if you are being over presumptuous about how you feel about somebody or like to even just ask somebody as a friend to go somewhere or if you want to go out to dinner, like you've got to think of that stuff weeks in advance. Like we're to at the release of this episode. Like if you haven't made your dinner reservations yet, you're not going to get any. Right. It's in two days. Like I hate to tell you, like that's just the way it is. So it's super overwhelming to be like punctual and think of these things ahead of time and to not get the crappy chocolate and, oh, are they going to like this? And it's just, it's a lot of stress on top of the fact of if you're alone, <clears throat> For sure. And although you might be a bit bummed if you don't have someone uh, that you feel fits the criteria for the day, you know, we invite you to open your mind to other options that you might be overlooking, like your friends and family and kids, like in the examples we gave of the other countries and how they celebrated those relationships. Also seniors or someone else that might be able to benefit from, you know, having love and companionship and you would benefit as well, I would think, because most of the times you get just as much out of those sort of interactions, if not more, Yeah. you know, when you're doing acts of kindness or care for those uh, around you. Yeah. And across the board, all the traditions that we did discuss were about showing love and appreciation and whether that's your friends, your family, or the people you work with, or that special someone or whoever, um, you should find yourself, you should, if you do find yourself solo on that day, um, due to work or other obligations, um, or just maybe you don't have a love interest or a partner to celebrate with this year, uh, do not fear because there are still plenty of ways to enjoy the day, no matter your situation. So just a couple ideas that we came up with were that if you do happen to have a Valentine, but there is some distance between you, um, like geographically, you can use Zoom or uh, Teams or Facebook, FaceTime, whatever, uh, to do a date or you could send a care package or organize something with your other single friends in the area that are in a similar situation. Right. Um, another good example for something you can do if you're not, you know, in the traditional situation would be maybe plan a day trip for yourself or even with a friend, you know, it's nice to get out and it doesn't have to be the whole, you know, crush thing. It can right. just, be, you know, just something different in the middle of the winter is cool by itself right yeah you can also just straight up ignore it 
There's no rule saying that you have to celebrate on February 14th or anything at all on February 14th or any day in and around it. Mm -hmm. You could also do a good deed for someone else. And that would obviously help to take your mind off yourself and what you don't have. And it's an act of love towards another person. Yeah, it's quite literally a, a labor of love. And on love day, like, is there a better day for that? Some uh, don't, you know, don't get that. Don't get quality time with other people. Don't yeah. get acknowledgement. And, you know, it, it could really make a difference to someone else. Yeah. You can also dine with friends. So whether there's a mix and match of single, divorced, widowed, church friends, book group, you know, your sister, whoever, you can go out yeah. for dinner. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, people would go if someone else would suggest it. But yes. Maybe there's four or five of you all sitting around thinking, I wish we could do something. But, you know, take the bull by the horns and and ask around. I'm sure you'll find something to do. Start a new tradition. Yeah. Or you could just straight up be inspired by the lyrics of Miley Cyrus's song, Flowers. I can buy myself flowers, write my name in the sand, talk to myself for hours, say things you don't understand. I can take myself dancing and I can hold my own hand. Yeah, I can love me better than you can. She actually so. just won a Grammy for that song too. So it's perfect timing. Cool, really? Like it's, it takes the other person entirely out of it. And, you know, really, who knows better what you want than you. Right. And uh, just think of the advantages to doing something loving for yourself. So if you wanted to go for a massage or a haircut, take yourself out for supper, you could have a movie night at home and your jammies, uh, go shopping, put a bath bomb in the tub, whatever. Uh, the gift is exactly what you wanted. And the event is what you enjoy. The gift is the right size. Like, you know, what size pair, pair of pants you wear. Um, you like the smell of the specific perfume or cologne. Um, your favorite nothing candies. Than, nothing worse than somebody else buying you perfume if they don't really, really know what you like, right? And it smells different on every person, right? And some people don't get that. But anyway, the point is, is that you can make the best of the day and or you can look at it as oh it's february 14th and i'm at home all by myself well go out get yourself some takeout watch a movie get yeah. some strawberries do chocolate covered strawberries sounds good to me yeah that's what i'm saying yeah, like there's nothing <laughs> right it doesn't have to be a depressing moment like some people that would be their first choice even right so that's um, a lot of people I think would be like, yeah, I'll just be in this closet with these strawberries. Right. So, and being kind to yourself and loving towards yourself is always the best gift. No matter what time of year. Right. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening to our episode and for coming back each week to listen to our weird and wonderful topics um we hope you have a great valentine's day in whatever capacity that may be or maybe you will start your own traditions and start doing friends days or start slapping somebody with what was it goat hide or goat hide yeah dipped in <laughs> mm -mm. Mm. 
<laughs> so uh, happy Valentine's Day to you all. Yeah. Thanks so much, guys. Bye. If you or someone you know has a unique story to tell, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at theimperfectpodcast at outlook.com. For more information and how to connect with us on social media, you can visit us at our website, theimperfectpodcast.ca. And from whichever platform you are listening to this episode, be sure to like, share, and leave us a review. We would really appreciate your feedback. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We look forward to hearing your feedback and seeing you all find that extra joy and embrace your own imperfect. See you next week. week.